0: All right, brother. All right, all right. Yeah. Hey, can we just do this real quick? Can we just kind of put our hands out like this? Just close your eyes. Man, I'm just so moved by the power of God. And we recognize his presence even when the music's not playing. He's with us right now. He lives in us. We are his people. We're called by his name. God, we thank you. We give you praise. We receive all that you have for us. The victory is won. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it, but you give us the victory. And we receive today, Lord, all that you have for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Rest in your presence. We receive your peace. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Our God is good. I think that's something that's really important for us to be able to recognize. I'm not going to preach about worship today. I know that's going to shock you. But um, <laughs> I'm not going to preach about worship. But I do think it's so important for us to recognize, even though there is power in, God, in music. God uses music powerfully. But we got to be able to recognize. we got to be a people that recognizes his presence when the music's not even playing. Right? Somebody say amen. Somebody help me out. I mean, I mean, if, if all we got is when the music's playing, there's a the presence of God, you know. Uh, we used to joke about the keyboard sound being like we used to call it the Holy Spirit, you know. But that's not even, that's not right. That's not right. Because when the keyboard stops playing, the Spirit of God doesn't leave. He's available to us. A lot of times it's us that leaves. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not so worried about God showing up in our services, begging God, show up, please. I'm wondering if we're showing up in our services. Just saying. I'm not preaching on worship, though. (laughs) Oh, man, before I get into that, though, I got got an announcement I got to make. Announcement. All right? This is really important. Some of you guys know this. Some of you don't. If you don't, this is a good one for you. Um, We have a couple worship teams that lead up here. You see them. They're serving you here trying to do their best to let the spirit of God move. And we are having auditions for those worship teams, which will start again in the fall. And they happen next week what i'm what i want to tell you is that if you're a musician and you're not a music major you're invited anybody is invited if you're you're a drummer bassist guitarist keyboardist whatever singer come and audition all right so our signups are actually out in the hallway in mencing you're like mencing all the way over there like i have to go over there send a friend i don't know send somebody they can sign up for you tell them what to say you know but we want so there's already a ton of people signing up on those lists it's so fun to see that but if you're if you're a musician or a singer or a worship leader, uh, come sign up. Uh, a week from today is when the vocal auditions are happening, and then a, a couple of days after that, on the next Tuesday, is when the instrumental auditions are happening. Sign up for both of them, sign up for one of them, whatever it is, but we want to involve you. If you're not a music major, come on, let's go. You, have to, you don't have to be a music major to be on these worship teams. So we're excited about what God's doing now with these teams, but we're looking forward now to what God wants to do in the fall already. So come try out, all right? All right, all right, all right. Um, and... As you can see, I'm going to be talking about a little concept I call reverse Godology. But before I do that, I need three volunteers. Do I have any volunteers, not the front row. Come on. Oh, I saw that. Oh, I saw that hand back there. All right. Other volunteers. I need three. I got one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on. They got no, no, nobody's brave. Wait. All right. Help me out. Only the front row people. All right. All right. I see you in the back. All right. All right. Anybody else? Volunteers. Anybody else? Somebody yeah all right, right there. All right, all right, all right, all right. We got three. Come on up, come on up, come on up, real quick, real quick, real quick. All right, we're talking about we're talking about reverse godology, and you guys have seen this. Uh, yeah, you can stay right here, right here. Come on, face everybody. Yeah, give it up, give it up. All right. Uh, hi, what? Hi, what's your name? Andrea. Andrea and Mara. Mara. Richie. Richie, what's up, guys? All right. So listen. Um, I, we've, you guys have done this game before, right, where you do the, the two truths and one lie. you got to figure out what it is, right? So here's the deal. I'm not preaching on worship, but uh, I hope you guys are readers. If, somebody, if you get this right, I'm going to give you a book, all right? I'm going to give you a free book, all right? If not, you could sell it on eBay or wherever, on Facebook, you know, market or something like that. Um, but so here's, here's my two truths and one lie. you got to figure out what the lie is, all right? So for me, um, number one, I had a mohawk at one point in my life. Number two, uh, I traveled one summer camping all over Europe. Uh, And number three, I broke my wrists in a BMX biking accident. So you're gonna put your name on here. You're gonna put one, two, or three. So one was the Mohawk, uh, two was the camping trip over Europe, and three was the bike accident. There we go. Put your name, put number one, two, or three on there. What do you guys think it is? Is it number one? Who's got number one? Raise your hand if it's number one. Help these people out. Number two. Number two, all right, number two, number three, come on, number three, all right, all right, what we got, you got help from the audience there, so nobody thinks it's number one, all right, (laughs) here we go, yeah, it's all right, I mean, you know, you're, are you good at just identifying the lies, what we're trying to do, trying to identify the lie here, can you do it, can you do it, I had to get some people that don't know me, see what I'm saying, all right, cool. So what do we got here? So we got, uh, did you say it was Andrea or Andrea? Andrea. Andrea. All right. So she, she's got number two. Um, you know, there's a little peer pressure going on here because uh, Mara said number two. And uh, guess what uh, Richie said? Number two. Now, you guys, how many of you guys think they're right? P- applaud really loud if you think number two is right. All right. How many of you guys think they're wrong? Applaud really loud if you think they're wrong. All right. All uh, right. Believe it or not, it is not true that I had a mohawk. I've never had a mohawk. What is going on here? But guess what? You guys are all going to get a book anyways, all right? Uh, Here we go. One for you, one for you, and one for you. All right, give it up for our volunteers, ladies and gentlemen. So good, so good. Thank you for participating. All right. (laughs) I guess I'm a better liar than I thought, and that's not really a good thing. So uh, whatever that is. You're like, well, if he has no hair, then it must be the the furthest thing from the, you know, possible that he could have had a mohawk. Well, I've never, I have had a mullet. (sighs) Ah, yeah. All right, all right. I should have said that, right? (laughs) Listen, we're talking about reverse godology, and it really has to do with how we identify the lies of the enemy. All right? We're talking about reverse godology. This is a little term that I kind of came up with. A lot of people talk about this in different ways, but this is a thread that runs through the entire Bible that if you can get this in your life, you're going to be able to discern the way that the enemy lies to us. And he does it. Man, we're just singing about it. I mean, come on, how weird is it to suggest that the battle's already won? We just sang that like 500 times. Like you're like, what? Like the battle's already won? I feel like I'm right in the middle of the battle. But that's reverse godology. It's like thinking opposite. You're like, wait, I'm in the middle of the battle, but I know that the battle's already been won. See, that's, that's backwards thinking. But that's the kingdom. Welcome to the kingdom. That's how it works in the kingdom. Now, it's cool. I was thinking about this uh, preaching, and, and there's been a couple of sermons that, that happened this week that have been life transforming for us. I don't know if you guys remember all the way back to Tuesday. Do you remember back to Tuesday? Anybody here on Tuesday with Pastor Chris? I mean, man, come on. Pastor Chris, he tore it up. He's talking about having people have a crippled mindset or being crippled in their life, right? We're talking about spiritually being, uh, physically being healed of being crippled. But of course, it extends so much deeper because so many of us are spiritually crippled. We're spiritually lame. Right? We're spiritually Blind. And so he was challenging us. And he even said, hey, he's expecting testimonies this week. Has anybody had a testimony this week of what God's been doing and setting you free from this crippled mindset? I'm not asking you to share it, so don't freak out. But anybody, has God been doing anything in our lives this week? Do we, we forget about Tuesday already? <laughs> I know, they come, they come and they go so fast. They come and they go so fast. Man, and then Aaron White gets up here and talks about uh, renewing our minds. I was like, man, I don't know. Should I preach on reverse Godology? She's preaching on re- renewing our minds. I even have that scripture in my presentation. Yeah, I think it's God. I think it's God because he wants to renew our minds. Talk about mental health. Come on. This is one of, one of the big issues of our time. God wants to transform our minds. Anybody open to that? Anybody open to be having their minds transformed? Let's go, man. I mean, you know what I'm saying? God, help us think like you think. This is what we want. We want God to transform us. And so we're just jumping right off of those two uh, sermons this week. So reverse Godology, what is it? Reverse Godology is a condition in which the devil has successfully upended or flipped upside down the truth. So that God's ways seem strangely opposite from the truth that we've come to believe. Right? You grow up in a certain truth, and then when you're confronted with the scripture, with God's truth, you think, what? That's crazy. How can that possibly be? All right, think about this. Can you identify the lie? I'm just going to go through these real quick. All right, Some interesting issues, topics, things that we wrestle with. Can you identify the lie? There's so many cultural things that we're battling with right now. One, we've, we've believed this all of our life grown up in church, and then somebody comes along and, and gives us this new perspective. And we think, oh, man, maybe they're right. Maybe it's all changed. Maybe the Bible really is outdated. It says this, or what about this? Jesus is the only way to God, or is it possible that God actually set things up so there are different paths to reach him? Number two, abortion is a billion-dollar industry. Four, I mean, is it really about women's rights? Is it really about women's health? Is it really about protecting at risk mothers? Like where, where's the truth? There's gotta be truth in there somewhere. Number three, tolerance is a politically correct hypocrisy or is it a truer way to know Jesus' love? What about homosexuality? Homosexuality is a, perverse, a perversion of God's plan or is it a normal part of sexual orientation? Like these are issues of our time, right? Am I allowed to talk about stuff like this? It's awful quiet in here. All right, all right, I'm just saying, all right. (laughs) Smoking and drinking makes us more relevant to a hurting world. Or not. Accepting, after accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'm still considered a sinner. Or am I a new creation? Oops, I married the wrong person is an equitable reason for divorce or When dealing with sin, is it correct to say, I mean, oh, well, God will understand. Thank goodness for his grace. What about this? Is there even such a thing as absolute truth? Is there even such a thing as absolute truth? A place that we can be rooted, right? A place that we can know the answers to all those questions. In this day and age, it's like your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. Everybody just leave me alone with their truth. All right? You offend people if you start telling them that's not right. Right. Where do we stand? Where do we stand? Today, I'm going to give you the takeaway right now. Is that all right? The takeaway right at the beginning of the sermon. Takeaway is this. When you leave the day, you should have a heightened awareness of God's truth and be better equipped to recognize the enemy's lies. See, that's what I want to do. This is going to be something that will literally impact your life for the rest of your life. If you'll get this reverse Godology truth, you'll be able to go, somebody says something, and you're just like, nope, that's reverse Godology. I recognize that. That's a lie. That's not what the Bible says. That's not, what, that's not what God says. You recognize these things. As opposed to just blindly going through our lives going, I don't know. How can you know? I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of where we Christians end up. We think we can't even know. There's so many confusing ideas out there and so many smart people coming up with all their ideas that seem to counteract what the Bible says. But we gotta think about it. Be led by the Holy Spirit, man. Come on. I'm not preaching about worship, but that's where you find these answers is in his presence. Just saying. You remember, guys, that the, uh, John, John 8 tells us that the devil is the father of lies. So he started all the lying, all right? Colossians 2.8. Here's our scripture. Colossians 2.8. Don't let anyone. Somebody say anyone. There you go. Don't let anyone lead you astray with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense. I love when the Bible says nonsense. That comes from human thinking and from the evil powers of this world and not from Christ, See, it's so funny because along comes these new truths and they think that they're all that and stuff, right? But the Bible predicted that they were going to come along. The Bible knew way in advance. It was like, hey, you know, they're going to come. They're going to come. They're going to think they're all that and all that stuff, the high-sounding nonsense. And they're going to come. This is what we're trying to understand. God knew. He has set you up to understand what the truth is. He's going to help you know the truth. I know for me, I remember back to my middle school years, and I, started, I was reading my Bible a lot, started reading my Bible a lot back then, and I came across these things that seemed really weird. You know, you got a verse like James 1, 2, where it says, Whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. How many love that verse? That's a fun <laughs> verse, right? Whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. Yeah, my car broke down. Woo, Yes. Uh, Man, I lost my job. Awesome. Praise God. Man, my girlfriend broke up with me. Man, what a great day. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody shout. (laughs) Right? I mean, this is crazy thinking. What is going on here? How how are we supposed to deal with that? I don't even want to read that verse. It's an opportunity for joy? How's that possible? I started noticing this. This thread that was running through the Bible where everything seemed to be opposite of what my world was or what everybody else was saying, right? Some other foundational scriptures. I mean, what's what's the deal with this? Luke 9 24. The Bible tells us that if you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, lay it down, give it away, then you'll find true life. What? What are you talking about? When I want to keep something, I'm going to hold on to it. Yet the Bible's telling me if I want to keep my life, I got to let go of it. So many people fight that hold on to it. I'm just going to keep it. I'm going to, and God's just saying, let go. And then you'll find true life. Wow. Right? What about Matthew 5, 44? Oh, man, you're going to love this one love your enemies what like come on man i mean at least you can hate on some enemies can't you i mean that's what we want (laughs) they gotta hate on somebody right but god's turning it around he's flipping the tables and some of you are buying this lie right now you have people that have mistreated you who have lied to you who have stolen from you and you're hating on them you're not doing what jesus said and it doesn't make sense to love your enemies and how can you do it but you can by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, that was one of the last verses you read, wasn't it, Aaron? He said, I can do all things through who? Through myself, my own power. How am I supposed to love my enemies? Through Christ. Come on, this is reverse thinking. And this is, I mean, welcome to it. It's not going to stop. Like, this is, this is the norm in the kingdom. It's not going to stop. What about Proverbs thirteen twenty four, Parents Love this one. Kids, not so much. It says this, if you refuse to discipline your children, it proves that you don't love them. That's totally the opposite of today's world, right? In this world, if you discipline your kids, you go to jail. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you discipline your kids. No, the truth is if you don't discipline your kids. Come on, that's the truth. Let's get back onto the foundation of truth. Now, obviously, you could discipline incorrectly, right? We're not talking about that. But there is a right way. In fact, think about this. God, we know this, God disciplines those that he loves. loves. In fact, the Bible tells us that if you're not disciplined, it's because you're not part of the family. Listen, do I discipline the kids next door? No, because they're not a part of my family. So guess what? If God doesn't discipline you when you do something that's not quite right, that means you're not part of the family. Lord, (laughs) discipline me. I want to know I'm a part of the family. I'm going to make some mistakes. But it's God's love, not his hate toward us when he disciplines us. Matthew 18. Man, this is a dangerous one. We must become like little children in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's put it the other way. If you don't become like a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what the Bible says. Nicodemus had trouble with this one, right? I mean, like, how are you supposed to be born again go back into your mother's womb? How are you supposed to become like a little child? And we're not talking about being childish. We're talking about being childlike. There's a difference. Come on. See, it's just over and over and over and over. To me, it's all about perspective. Imagine if we're all sitting in here. Everybody put your hands on your ears right here. I've been doing this too much. My kind of point a little bit. I've been pulling on them a lot, but I don't know. It's seemed to be they stick out a little bit. But you got two ears, right? What if somebody walked? Everybody turn around, look back at that, that door back there. What if somebody walked in that door right now and they had four ears? They got two down here and they got two up here like this. Can you imagine? We'd be like, oh, I'm so sure. <laughs> yes, what is going on? Okay, okay, stop that for a second and go, what if God actually made us with four ears? Now suddenly, that's the norm, right? I'm all stuck on, there we go. That's suddenly the norm. Wouldn't that be crazy if we had two ears here and two ears up here? You know, the whole thing, like we got two ears, one mouth, you're about to listen more than you speak. Well, it just quadrupled there or something, you know. And I'm telling you, hats would be very different. That's true, That's true, right? And I mean, earmuffs, very different, right? right. True, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's a different thing going on here. But imagine, then somebody walks in and they have two ears. What we think is normal now, because it's been shifted, now it's totally freakish. See, it's all about perspective. I like to teach my kids, like, guys, I know, kids, I know, I know your friends can be mean. You got some bullies. We got some people that can really say some mean things. Somebody come up to you and say, ooh, you're a Christian? I just tell my kids to say, ooh, you're not? I mean, they don't really say that, but it's more of an attitude. You know what I'm saying? Like, that just flipped it on you, right? I mean, they're like, ooh, you're a virgin? I'm all like, ooh. You're not? (laughs) 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 What? I mean, do you see what I'm saying? How the world has tricked us into thinking wrong? We're like, oh, man, I feel so bad for being a virgin. I can't believe it. I got to go find somebody to make that not true anymore. What? Like, the world thinks it's crazy that you would be a virgin and that you would save yourself for somebody so that you could just, the two of you could have an encounter that no one ever, ever would be able to have, and you could have the best relationship possible. world thinks that's crazy. But God thinks it's crazy that you wouldn't save yourself for someone. One person only. Because it's beautiful. See how we messed up with our thinking? Come on, it's about perspective. God is changing us. He wants to reset our minds. Somebody say "Reset." reset. Come on, we're going to have our minds reset, have renewed today. So How's the world think? How's God think? Here's a couple more examples. Number one, lying gets you out of a jam. Right? Isn't that what we think? Like you're, oh, oh, they caught me. Quick, lie about it. But the Bible says very clearly that the truth will set you free. I mean, do we just ignore that? Like you are actually saying, I'm going to be in bondage. I want to be in a cage. I want to put the handcuffs on, so I'm going to lie. Like, that's what's happening. When you lie, you are putting yourself in bondage. But the truth, man, is so much freedom. You know, how many times have you been, we've all lied before, but when you let it out and you say, man, I confess, I, I lied. That was wrong. Man, what freedom. What a release yeah. it is. Some of you, that's a word for you. Some of you are living a lie right now. Maybe you lied to your parents. Maybe you lied to your friend, your girlfriend, your bro- boyfriend, whatever. Just, just stop. Be free. Be free. Number two. World says, hold on to your cash if you want to be wealthy. But God says, give away your money and you'll have true riches. World says leadership is position. God says leadership is service. World says leadership is influence. That's a lie. The Bible doesn't say world, that leadership is influence. The Bible says that leadership is service. Jesus got down on his knees and washed his disciples' feet and said, you should do this too. This is what leadership is. It's service. The world says you're a slave if you always do what the Bible says. God says you're a slave if you always do what your sinful nature says. God says love is sex. (laughs) God doesn't say that. The world says that. Just checking to see if you're, if you're listening. The world says love is sex or sexual but God says that love is laying down your life for your friends. How different is that? So different. The theme goes on and on and on and on. Paul when I'm weak then I'm strong. One of the most misquoted verses in all the Bible. Most people think it's when I'm weak he is strong. No it's when I'm weak I am strong. That's reverse Godology. What? How is that possible? The Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor? Blessed are the meek? What? That's not how this world ex- lives. How no, blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. So many things. So now what? Listen, I want to show you this quick video, and then the band's going to come. I want you to watch this video and then we're going to have a time of response where we can just reset our minds. Alright, so watch the video real quick. It's about a minute and a half, two minutes. It's supposed to do that. How
1: will my life according to these God designed. It's just foolish to think that there is only God with a cosmic plan. That an all-powerful God brings purpose to the pain and suffering in the world is a comforting thought. However, it is only wishful thinking. People can do as they please without internal consequences. The idea that I am serving hell because of sin is a lie meant to make me a slave to those in power. The more you have, the happier you can be. Our existence has no grand meaning or purpose. In a world with no God, there's freedom to be who I want to be. But with God, life is an endless cycle of guilt and shame. Without God, everything's fine. It's ridiculous that I'm lost in need of saving. And that's how I felt before Christ opened my eyes, changed my heart, and reversed my thinking. I am lost and in need of saving. It is ridiculous to think everything's falling without God. Life is an endless cycle of guilt and shame. But with God, there's freedom to be who I want to be. In a world with no God, our existence has no grand meaning or purpose. The more you have, the happier you will be. It's a lie that's making me a slave to those in power. Because of sin, I am deserving of hell. The idea that people can do as they please without eternal consequences. It's only wishful thinking. It is a comforting thought, however, that an all-powerful God brings purpose to the pain and suffering in the world. That there is an all-knowing God with a cosmic plan. It's foolish to think God does not exist. I will live my life according to these beliefs.
0: Will you stand with me? Where do we go from here? I know that some of you will have to leave. It's okay. You can stay for a couple minutes. Today we're going to have our time of prayer and fasting as well over the lunch hour. If you can stay for a few minutes during that time, it would be great. So now what? Isaiah 520 says this, Destruction is certain for those who say evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is is bitter aren't we living in that society right now <laughs> we literally we're saying the exact opposite things and believing it with all of our hearts like it's crazy Lord help us renew our minds first John 2 27 says that the Holy Spirit is going to teach us what is true I said this earlier but when we spend time in his presence in his word in prayer it opens up our hearts opens up our minds to be able to hear and to understand and discern what the truth is. The less time you spend with God, the less understanding you're going to have. And the more you're going to believe the lie. The first reason we spend time with God is because of relationship. We want to be with Him. He's a God who made us. He loves us. But there's so many amazing things that happen as a result. And one of those is our minds are renewed. We receive the mind of Christ. Romans 12, two. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can you do this? Can you take your hands and lift them out like this in a receiving posture? And maybe you just need to whisper to the Lord, even as the music is playing, as you need to whisper some of the things that just to confess to say, hey, I have bought into the lies and say, I receive, I receive your mind, Lord. Receive the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 tells us that we should take on the mind of Christ or adopt the mindset of Christ. So give it right now. Just surrender your mind and begin to receive. Just say that out loud. Maybe just whisper it, whatever. But just say, I receive your mind, Jesus. I receive your way of thinking. I reject my own way of thinking. I declare your will be done. My will be gone. Come on. Let's just begin to say that. We just want to reject our mindset. We want to receive the mindset of Christ. God wants to set you free from a crippled mindset. Yes, he wants to heal the physically crippled. Absolutely, he still does that today. He may do it right now during the altar time. But he also wants to heal the crippled mindset. He wants to give, he is the only source of mental health, (laughs) He is the true source. I'm not saying he doesn't use other, he doesn't use people to help and all that stuff, but any help that comes through people came from God. Uh, He is the source of mental health. So it's crazy to think that we would spend most of our time out of his presence and expect to be healthy mentally. Transform our minds, Lord. Help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. So we're just gonna let this time be open. The band's gonna sing. And I'm going to pray. They're going to sing that, that uh, bridge, the f- Let Faith Rise Up. And it's going to rise up in you to begin to believe and stand on the truth of the word of God, right? And as, you, as they sing, you may want to come up here and just sing, lift your hands, pray, whatever it is that you do. If you need to go, that's totally fine. But let's just just, just hang out for just a couple minutes if we can and just receive. This is such a, one of the most important issues of your life is that you allow your mind to be transformed by the power of God. Thank you,